0: Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to episode uh, 35. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm so sorry. I'm laughing right now because I have a uh, I have an iced matcha next to me. It's my little, uh, Um, it's my like sort of drink of choice right now when, now that the weather is kind of like heating up. So when I, after I'm done with my, I have like two cups of coffee tops, like during the first part of the day. Um, and I then switch to like green tea or herbal tea or decaf if I'm really feeling like that taste for coffee craving it, but I don't want all the caffeine. Um, but matcha has been a thing lately. Um, if you were on my last episode, I know I talked about this. Um, but I just, I love it. I have a, I'm having a love affair and like Full disclosure, it's actually the same cup of matcha because I'm currently batch recording these episodes because I'm planning everything out for the next uh, several episodes already. So I'm just getting a couple things down and recorded while we're feeling good. We got a lot of energy today. Um, One thing I'm really celebrating, I've been just DMing back and forth with um, my friend Ashley, who's actually one of my... uh, former clients and I worked with her for a year and she recently got pregnant and she has the cutest little baby bump right now at about 18 weeks. And I'm so excited. Um, sort of a tangent with her. Um, you know, after a little while we really worked for the first like five or six months, actually did, um, a, uh, client interview with her on one of the episodes. I can't remember which episode it was. Um, but, uh, something along the lines of, um, I want to say it's like I don't know, 20-something. It's in the 20-somethings or maybe like late teens. Um, I won't worry about it right now. But if you want to go back and listen to that, um, we worked really heavily on her relationship with food, her relationship with movement, um, getting in tune with her menstrual cycle, and then started doing some lab work. And she was trying to get pregnant and realized that part of the reason why she wasn't able to get pregnant was that she had really low levels of progesterone. And so we, um, you know, with obviously, you know, clearing everything with her medical provider and got her established with a medical provider, um, started to do a few different things to help boost um, her sex hormone levels and it was really funny the story actually she was like two days away from um uh having her first like official ob appointment with the new ob that she found um and she texted me her photo of her positive pregnancy test um and it was just wild like and we had been on like a couple of different protocols and we were like almost done with this one and she's just like well I guess it worked I was like yep I guess it did because you are sure as shit pregnant and she's got the cutest little bump now and I'm just like I feel weirdly I told her I was like is it weird that I feel weirdly like attached to like your child like I'm so one so proud of that bump but like I am so excited for this baby, and I was like, I wish we lived closer because she's in Colorado and I'm in Arizona. And I was like, because he would definitely be like my little buddy. I'd be like, dude, we're linked, and you don't even know it. Like, I would definitely be Auntie Elena, and so I'm just gonna have to be Auntie from a distance. But I'm so excited for her. That's just one of the cool things about my job is you know it goes so far beyond, um, you know, weight loss. <laughs> It's, it's, it's so, it's so far beyond just dropping a dress size or dropping a pant size, but like one of the things she did too, that she was really excited about that I'm very excited about was she was really able to build up her glutes doing just at home workouts. You guys just being really consistent with her at home workouts, really working on her food intake and things like that. She was able to build some glutes, which is going to help her now that she is going to be carrying a little baby on that front of her belly having, um, sometimes, you know, uh, when you're doing, uh, when you're pregnant, you can sometimes get that sort of like pancake booty that like pregnant booty, uh, um, and that's because your pelvic floor is, um, pulling down on your glutes because maybe your glutes and your pelvic floor aren't like not strong enough. Right. Um, but we've really worked. So, um, now that she's got that like booty back there, she really built a nice peach for herself. Um, she's going to hopefully have, you know, less issues from just like a comfort standpoint yeah, as she moves forward with her pregnancy. But anyway, that was a tangent, <laughs> that was a tangent. Let's dive into the actual topic for today, which is reactive versus proactive gut health. And this is kind of jumping off at the very end of the last episode when we were talking talking about PCOS, things like that, and um, one of the things that I mentioned was we really have to optimize um, digestive health, nutrient absorption, and things like that as a general rule, especially when we're dealing with inflammation and or chronic illness, um, things like that, and just general health, but what, what I really hear a lot of times is, as I'm just talking with people, because I am, I am a real human, and I do talk to people in DMs, if you message me about something, you're probably going to get a response back, because um, I'm me. I only have like 2,200 followers on my page, you guys. I'm not like some like weird, fancy, like big influencer who doesn't answer their DMs. Um, I actually uh, talk to people and they're like, well, I don't really have any digestive issues. And then we start talking and then they're telling me like the different things that they're doing. I'm like, yeah, you don't have digestive issues yet. <laughs> yeah, you're missing a lot of like really big ticket items. And then they go, well, cause I don't have issues. I don't need help. And I'm just like, yeah, but you're going to need help in like six to 12 months. Or you could like do something about it right now, really establish a good proactive routine for your digestive health. And then you really won't have issues, right? So we talk about reactive versus proactive gut health. By the time people are walking through my door, they're coming to talk to me about, Elena, I need your help. I'm stuck. I, I, I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. I feel like shit. And it's like, this has been going on for a long time, right? I like to say very lovingly, because I was also a problem child with my health, I get all the problem children. They walk through my door and it's like people have got multiple things kind of going on that's that's inhibiting them from feeling physically at, at home in their body. They feel... Not good from the inside, right? They know something is off and they're not feeling good with their workouts. They're feeling confused on what to eat and how to actually address things. And this is where obviously coaching comes into play. But my hope is that people will also start to come to my page that maybe don't have as many severe issues or we can kind of help spread the word. And then they can start going, huh, can I introduce this nugget here? Can I introduce that nugget there? Can I start to like, You know, make some changes so I can be proactive about protecting my health so that I don't put myself at risk for developing issues down the road. And this is really the reason why like I developed, you know, the brand dumpyourdiet.com is because diet culture in and of itself is a huge root cause issue, right? Constantly reducing your calorie intake in order to control your body size and all of that high intensity exercise and high energy output and lack of nutrients and high stress associated with that really can snowball somebody who's already maybe genetically the gun is loaded and you're going to potentially get sick with something And then you start putting your body through the ringer because diet culture told you to. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're sick. Boom. You gain 40 pounds. Boom. You can't, you know, get through the day without like your 3 p.m. cup of coffee or espresso. Right. And you just, you're like, what, what happened? I was doing everything that was quote unquote healthy. Right. But the concept of health is not so black and white, right? Especially when it comes to protecting and being proactive with our health. And the reality is, is honestly, people need to live and approach things sometimes with a much softer, much more laid back, much less intense approach. And then it's much more maintainable, then it's much more sustainable and you feel better long-term. And that's really what I try to help people do is try to shift their lifestyle overall, right? When somebody walks into my door for coaching, I always tell them, they're like, what are we doing first? And I'm like, the first step is for me to get a bead on what does a week in the life look like for you? Because I'm not coming in to try to do a 180 with absolutely everything you're doing because that's not sustainable and that can be really stressful. And people don't always have the time or energy or financial resources to completely upend everything that they're absolutely doing. So we come in, right? We, we talk low, we move slow, and we just sort of like shift one thing at a time. And in education, this is actually called scaffolding, where you're kind of like mastering one thing and then you're moving on to the next and then you're moving on to the next and you're building a foundation of things. And then all of a sudden, three, four, five, six months goes by and you're like, wow, I prioritize and live in a much different way than I used to. And I don't know how I used to live that way, but I don't feel like this was as hard as I thought it was going to be. And it's because we didn't come in and like take everything, light it on fire and throw it out the door. <laughs> but anyway, reactive versus proactive gut health. So reactive is really what happens again. Like I said, when people are walking through my door, we're there, they're seeking out resources because we're already having problems and we have to put out the fire, right? We have to put out the fire to some degree. Now, again, I'm not gonna comment in 180 somebody's life, but my hope is to put people in a state of being proactive, which is, is is your health good? Do you have good energy? Is your digestive health solid? Let's keep it that way, okay? So this is really for what do you do when you don't have any like known issues kind of presenting themselves, but you don't want to risk developing them. Just know also if you already have issues, This is going to be more or less the same information that I would tell somebody who doesn't already have issues. So still stay tuned. So the first things first is I would recommend, and people are going to be like, excuse me, (laughs) getting on, um, a really solid multivitamin, (laughs) You guys are going to hear me about my multivitamins and my official is, but not like, not like a, not like a, you know, nature's one a day multivitamin. We need to get you something that's got like really good, um, nutrient daily values in them. And I, sometimes the nutrient daily values on some of the better multivitamins are going to be much higher than what you actually would recommend. You're only going to absorb about 10% of that friends. So you need to get something. I put my favorite baseline, you know, recommendation from, uh, it's from, um, thorn supplements is really good brand. It's available on Amazon. It's not going to break the bank. I want to say it's like $30 for like a one month supply and it's two, two capsules and it's a really solid multivitamin. That link is in the show notes. And then you're going to want to get on an EPA DHA because that's really going to help with inflammation. That's going to help with um, your lipid levels. Right. And that is going to be a root cause, right? Your cholesterol, things like that. Um, uh, your triglycerides, your HDL, your LDL, um, it is going to really be rooted in making sure that inflammation is Well, Getting on a really good fish oil is going to be beneficial to that. Now here's the deal is that most like fish oil supplements don't actually have like enough in them. Um, I learned this from one of my mentors, um, that you really should have like a thousand milligrams of EPA and DHA in your fish oil, right? That's like, that's really going to be the impactful amount. And most of these are going to be like 500 of each, <laughs> where it's a thousand total, but it's not a thousand of each. So I have linked down below, um, the Nutridyne, um, and the Nutridyne specifically, I'm actually on my computer. So I'm going to pull this up right now. The Nutridyne specifically is pure EPA and DHA. It is not vegan. So just keep that in mind. Um, and it has 860 milligrams of EPA and, and 580 of DHA. So you could take three of those soft gels daily and you're getting exactly what you need and then some and getting a little bit more is not going to hurt you in any way, shape or form. And it's actually very affordable, right? It's, it's like, I want to say for 120 soft gels, it's like $45, right? So it's, it's pretty affordable to keep in the mix on a regular basis. So that's going to be like your first line of defense, right? Making sure that we're filling in the gaps because the next thing we're going to talk about nutrient variations, not there's not going to be a single person on this planet that's going to be able to get every single vitamin and mineral that they need from the food that they eat. It's just not possible. Um, and if you are especially struggling with like food from like a sensory perspective or like food icks, like for example, I have ADHD, so I will go through phases, and there will sometimes be foods that are very safe for me to eat from a mental health perspective. And then foods that I absolutely will not touch. And I cannot tell you why that switch flips in me, but there will be things where like, I will also hyper-focus on certain foods. And at this point, it's like, I'm just going to follow the dopamine because if it means that I'm going to eat, I'd rather eat than avoid eating because I'm like aversion, having an aversion to a food from a sensory perspective. <laughs> if, and if you have ADHD and you deal with this, you know, and it's actually very similar to almost like what um, a pregnant women deal with within their first trimester, really specifically, those like random food aversions and they're like, what is happening? I really like this food and now I can't stand it. Um, it's kind of a similar concept and there's no necessarily rhyme or reason. So making sure you have a solid multivitamin is a really great way to fill in the gaps. So now the second thing I'm going to recommend that everybody do, whether you have problems or don't, if you don't have problems, this is going to really help you avoid having issues. And if you do have problems, this is going to be better than even getting a probiotic in the mix. Not that probiotics are bad by any means, but they can sometimes add more fuel to the fire and they're really there to help like maintain and recover, um, your microbiome, but it also depends on like, there's different probiotics that I recommend for different things, right? There's different probiotics that I recommend after we've done like, um, you know, sort of starving the bacteria, doing like a low map, doing like a flush to break down the bacteria and toxins. So it actually gets excreted out, um, through your liver, kidneys, digestive system, an actual, like, you know, flush where we're breaking that stuff down, not like a juice cleanse type of cleanse, like an actual, like, we're breaking everything down, making it soluble enough that it's gonna pass through the body. And I do this with clients. This is really a great strategy to use, especially after somebody's come off birth control. This can be an appropriate strategy um, to help like move along those excess hormones that are sitting in the body. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, but and there's different probiotics that I recommend. Like if somebody's gonna be like on an antibiotic, like that's gonna be a different plan. because there's different types of bacteria. And in, in and again, we we have so much information still missing on like bacteria within the digestive system. <sighs> That if, if you can get a, get away with like implementing like just like a regular baseline probiotic, that can be good, but just be warned that it might cause more problems. So if you don't feel so good after you put it, try it out for like maybe a few days, maybe stop that probiotic. But the thing that would be better even than a probiotic is varying your nutrient intake because the microbiome, the gut microbiome, and that microbiome is the array of bacteria that's within your digestive system is going to thrive on a varied nutrient intake because that's going to make the bacteria more diverse and more responsive to the foods that you eat, which is the whole point of having a bacteria microbiome is so that way you can respond to those things effectively. And this also helps you, um, it also helps protect you from like illness, (laughs) Like your digestive system, I don't think everybody realizes this, right? They say, oh, 70% of your immune system is in the gut. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But it's also like the very first line of defense for like viruses and bacteria that are going to be pathogenic. That's, that's the first line of defense. So making sure that you have a really healthy gut microbiome is important. Now, again, more research and stuff is coming out on this. I feel like there's no necessarily hard and fast rule that I can say across the board to a person from like a supplement standpoint. Like I said, it's going to be dependent on the individual, what they're dealing with, what they're going through, where they're at. Um, but I can recommend to every single person, we're going to vary your nutrients. So what I like to do with this is I like to switch out like on a weekly basis, what fruits and vegetables I'm eating as well as like what proteins I'm eating. Although to be completely honest, I don't do as many protein switch outs as I do because we have an entire freezer full of venison and elk and fish fish um we hunt and fish and so um I filled the freezer this last fall because I had my first big game hunt and we did I did shoot a bull elk and then Zach has gotten a couple of deer um and then we have a bunch of trout that we fished from northern Arizona different parts of northern Arizona so like we've got we and then we have a bunch of fish from Wisconsin too that like he brought back from the summer so we have all of our protein and so like i mix it up between Um, different cuts of elk, different cuts of venison, different types of fish, things like that, you know, eggs. Um, But other than that, my protein intake doesn't vary that much. But like you can do a similar thing, like maybe one week you really incorporate a lot of chicken. Maybe one week you do a little bit more pork and just start like switching things out on a weekly basis rather than always buying the same thing. Now, this doesn't mean that if like you are a creature of habit, especially with your breakfast, and I know people love their morning routines, um, you don't have to change absolutely everything, right? But can you bring in, like for me, I do smoothies almost every single day. I like to try a new green, like every single week. Like, let me get a new leafy thing and a new kind of fruit to incorporate into my smoothie so I can continuously, um, cycle through different things and vary my nutrients rather than just eating the same things day in, day out. Okay. Now. Another thing, we're going to do a quick audit of your um, over-the-counter usage of uh, digestive aids. For example, um, laxatives. (laughs) I uh, highly advise against using laxatives. If you are constipated, a better strategy for getting your body... Pooping is one, make sure that you are getting enough fiber into your diet. Um, You want to get a good mix of like soluble, which is going to be able to be um, broken down with more water versus insoluble, which is going to be the stuff that's going to help move that poop along. Um, Just double check that. Make sure you're getting enough insoluble fiber. Um and uh, you're gonna want to maybe do bowel training, get a squatty potty. And after you wake up, sit on the toilet with your knees up for 10 minutes. Don't strain, don't push anything, but that's gonna help improve the actual function of your bowels without you having to take a laxative. Now, the dangerous thing about a laxative is that you cannot you're if you use them too often or too frequently, or even like smooth move tea, your body can become dependent on them. And then you're really fucked because those are also gonna strip. Um, your uh, body of bacteria, of good bacteria, as well as bad bacteria, and could cause further imbalances, okay? Um, how often are you using antacids and PPIs, right? Are you dealing with a lot of heartburn? Because sometimes if you're dealing with a lot of heartburn, that's actually not overproduction, right? So over, no, it's not actually usually too much acid. It's too little acid. And this can also be along the lines of like bloating, having like a heavy feeling in your stomach after you eat, being kind of tired after you eat. This can be low stomach acid when this impacts how well you are absorbing and breaking, di- or breaking down food. Now, if you have low stomach acid, you're also not getting rid of Opportunistic bacteria effectively, and that can lead to an overgrowth of bacteria or an imbalance of bacteria within the digestive system in the in the small intestine and the large intestine and more than one place. Um so uh yeah, so there's that. Um so I would just do a quick check. And now what I would recommend rather than using um an uh antacids is one I would work on meal timing, right? Are you constantly eating? Are you eating enough? Are you eating enough food to trigger that closure of the lower esophageal sphincter to help, um, close so, so that you don't get stomach acid coming up? Not to mention you need enough food in your system, in your stomach, in, in a sitting on a regular basis, right? To produce adequate amounts, of stomach acid this is why people um, who've been in a calorie deficit for a long time can deal with a lot of bloating after they've been in a, been in a calorie deficit and eating less food is because they're eating less food and they're not producing adequate amounts of stomach acid and that's impacting their ability to digest and then subsequently absorb nutrients so what I like to get in the mix if you're having a lot of issues um, and I wouldn't so I, I've actually used this too even in conjunction although I would still recommend maybe like just running this one by your doctor using a BT and HCL and a, like a digestive enzyme I can lean Links to my two go to's in the show notes below, but do one of each of those like 15 to 20 minutes before you eat like a big meal, like once a day, and that can help reduce um, that sort of uncom- discomfort and that bloating. And that can start helping your body. You know, here's the thing digestive enzymes and like BT and HCl, these are not like these are what I like to refer to as functional supplements because your body already makes it already makes digestive enzymes, it already makes acid. Right, you're just giving it more of what it's not producing enough of on its own to help improve that function. And that can sometimes over time, right? And I wouldn't, now, if you're having to continuously rely on those things. I would not continuously rely on them or like use them for forever and ever and ever. That can sometimes be um, masking a bigger issue. And so that's when I would say like, hey, maybe let's like get some some info and mix here. Maybe get some support. Maybe look at things a little bit more closely. But, you know, use them for a few weeks and then stop using them and kind of wean yourself off of them where then maybe you only use them every other day. And your function should theoretically improve. Now, again, like I said, if it doesn't or if you find you have to rely on them, that's when you probably need to come talk to me about a few things. And we need to take a deeper dive as to what's, what is going on. So these are reactive and proactive gut health. Well, I mean, technically the, you know, the b and digestive enzymes is a little bit more reactive. But, um, you know, everything else is more or less proactive. And that was kind of the whole point, right? Can we be proactive with everything? And also use other strategies that's not going, like, for example, using the bowel training instead of a uh, laxative if you're not pooping. Um, can we do something like that that's not going to have potentially an adverse effect on our body? Because, you know, dealing with constipation every now and then might be something somebody deals with, right? Like not with any regularity. And if you are dealing with any regularity, again, that's a maybe you should come talk to me because that's not normal and that can cause issues with hormone clearance and then um hormone imbalance and endocrine disruption and all that good stuff. It's a great time. Um <laughs> Everything's connected, you guys. Everything is connected. um. And this is what, this is sort of the issue with like, you know, even Western medicine is that every, it treats everything as if it's a separate system. And it's like, uh-uh, everything works together. Literally everything works together. And if you're, you can't ignore the different impacts of the different systems on everything. All right. The last few things for being proactive with gut health is going to be in regards to stress management. <laughs> oh my, wow. You guys are so shocked that I brought that up, right? You're so surprised. <gasps> wow. Okay, quick sip of matcha before I dive into this last bit here. So refreshing. That's such a cute sound. The little little ice tinkles in there makes me so happy. You guys, it's the little things in life. Romanticize the mundane. You should really romanticize the mundane. Is stress management. And this kind of goes into stress management. So, okay, I talk about romanticizing the mundane. So I always say we need to find proactive stress management tips. And if you listen to episode 31, I talk specifically about proactive stress management, meaning that you have to stop waiting until there's steam coming out of your ears and you're about to lose your shit before you start addressing your stress management. Because if you're proactive with strategies, you're going to be create a better threshold to stress and be able to respond to it more effectively from a physiological level, like from a hormonal level, <laughs> right? And that has a big impact. So I like to say, pick something, pick, curate like a, like a list of things that you like to do for proactive stress management. And for me, one of those is like journaling, like I journal every single day. And I have this cute little notebook and I like get little stickers that go in it. Actually I have a sticker kit from Sterling Inc. So if you like stationery, she has the most beautiful just delicate romantic like sticker kits and I get like the monthly kit so it has like all the days and has enough stickers for me to like decorate my whole month and then every month it changes so it it appeases the dopamine gods in my brain um you know uh so so that I get that mix up and then I use like different color inks and it's so beautiful and in there I write part of what I do is in the monthly spread because I actually use a planner (laughs) I use a planner that has like monthly spreads vertical weekly spreads, and then like a page for each day is the planner that I use. And it's the Sterling and common planner. And in the monthly spread, I do like a memory a day. And sometimes the memory is as simple as I had a really good pastry at this coffee shop today, or I had a really great morning, um, you know, taking a walk outside, or it could be something like I was able to meet my friend's son at lunch with some old colleagues and old friends today. Right. Romanticizing those little things, even not that meeting your friend's baby is a small thing, but like, even just like, Getting that gluten-free donut at the pastry shop. That's kind of a small thing for me nowadays, but I like to romanticize them. Or I felt very energized and calm all day long. Or I just had a really solid like reading session and I really dove in and enjoyed a book. Right, romanticizing the mundane, romanticizing the little things, and then you stop driving by them so fast, right? And that can be really good for stress management because it's kind of trained me to slow down throughout my day, which is really amazing. We're we're moving so fast; we could do with more slowing down. Another strategy I love to use is doing deep breathing before meals. So before you t- take a meal, um, as much as possible, try to do it not sitting at your desk, not on the go. Try to like sit somewhere and like enjoy your meal, right? In the quiet, sometimes I like to put on like a little YouTube video and I just like let myself be entertained like while I'm eating and I sit there and I just zone out and I turn my phone off to the side so I'm not like tempted to pick it up and like scroll on social media and the videos that I watch are like stationary videos they're very calming, or like ASMR or like stuff on mechanical keyboards it's like it's like really just little shit that makes me happy right um it's not necessarily like oh I need to go learn this skill or watch this video it's like ha, huh, I kind of want like oh I'm curious about this let me go just like be entertained by this for something that makes me happy and brings me joy right so little things stress management get a coloring book Do some deep breathing. Do five minutes of silence a day. Start curating some um, stress management because that's going to improve your body's ability to um, digest and absorb nutrients because of the gut-brain axis, which is something that we will be talking about I have a whole episode planned next for the gut-brain axis and how that impacts everything. Um, That is it for today's episode, you guys. So make sure to, if you want to learn just a little bit more about this, that you tune into next week's episode. Um, I am so thankful for you guys for being here today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please um, leave a rating and review, take a screenshot, post it on social media, tag me on your stories. And if you have ideas for the podcast, let me know. I would love to hear from you guys. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day. Talk to you next time.